Since I can remember, I've always had a deep love for nature. You could say it's my passion. That's why a job as a park ranger felt like a perfect fit. I remember one particular job at a nature park that operated from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Our shifts were always rotating one week I'd be on the early shift and the next I'd be closing up for the night. One Friday evening I found myself on the closing shift. I had led a brief tour for some visitors that day but other than that my day was relatively quiet. Since there wasn't much to do I decided to start my evening walk through early. It was already getting dark and I was making my way through the woods when I noticed a strange light flashing against the trees behind me. Curious, I went to check out the source of the light, but as I got closer, the light flashed again, this time from the direction I had just come from. I yelled out, telling whoever was messing with me to stop it. Then the light flashed again from a completely different direction, too far for a single person to have moved in such a short time. I figured it must have been two people messing with me, maybe some co-workers, although we weren't particularly close and we didn't typically play such pranks. I yelled again, stating I wasn't in the mood for jokes and that whoever was responsible should leave. Realizing I had no control over this situation, I informed my supervisor that someone might still be in the park and that it wasn't my problem anymore. He told me he'd take over, so I left, got in my car, and began the 10-minute drive home. Suddenly, my phone rang. It was an unknown number. I answered it, and a raspy voice on the other end told me I shouldn't have left them there alone, that I would regret it. I warned them never to call me again and hung up. When I returned to work the next day, I was informed that they'd found a dead dog at the spot where I had seen the flashing lights. The realization hit me like a cold wave. This was the work of a seriously disturbed individual, someone who would commit such a horrific act just to mess with me. I'm a retired guy in his late 60s who lived in upper northeast Pennsylvania close to the New York border in an area known as the Endless Mountains near Forkston Mountain in Wyoming County. I've lived there for 25 years. I moved south in 2020. My property was too large for one guy to care for because I lived alone. These beings let me know their presence only two days after moving in. I bought my acreage in the 1980s and then built the house later. I lived on a dirt road and had two neighbors, one on each side of me, both a quarter mile away. There's a pond and swamp 200 yards down from the house and on the other side of the pond is a small open area and the beginning of a rugged set of woods. There was a field on one side of the house and woods. Across the road was a small open area and a mile long section of woods. That was their area, the Sasquatch people. Of course, make no mistake, this was the wilderness and I lived alone. So I really didn't want any interactions with them, although they tried really hard to have it with me. I saw all the different wildlife there, including a bear hybrid, wild dogs, and a puma which I had on trail cam three times. I also had a backyard sighting after a few years of living there. I was able to get an old jeep along with a tractor and brush cutter and proceeded to make jeep trails on over 200 acres. The trails went through the woods, fields, and hills. It was not all my land, but with the permission of the other landowners, I was able to make some awesome trails. My first suspicions of weird stuff going on were when trees started being pushed down across the trails in various places. But it wasn't one tree, it was multiple trees being pushed down in the same spot. 
they were live trees, not rotten ones. In one section of the trail over the years, it happened at least 10 to 12 times with a 20-foot section of trail, and it would happen from one day to the next with no wind or storms. Fast forward to 2009 when my daughter and family flew in from Phoenix for a visit. Living in the desert, my grandson and granddaughter never saw the woods, so we wanted to hike into the woods about 100 yards down from the pond dam. My daughter was snapping pictures with a good quality digital camera while we descended down a ravine and we crossed over a small stream and up the other side. Suddenly, my seven-year-old grandson, who is autistic, took off through the woods running away from us. I go and chase him and closed our photos related to our walk. The first photo she took was on our descent down the ravine. She never noticed a small forest being standing down by the stream until she looked closely at the photo a few months later. The little guy was about 50 to 60 yards down from us just next to the creek. He looks only to be about two and a half feet tall. He looks partially cloaked. The second photo of him is through a filter. The other photo shows why I think my grandson took off running. He must have sensed or seen the shadow being or a cloaked forest being and got scared. That is not a smudge in the camera. A few months after my daughter's visit, I was cruising the trail alongside those same woods and as I was cruising by, I saw a partially cloaked being in the same woods. It was much larger than the one in the photo. It looked like it was gliding through the woods and not bobbing up and down like we do when we walk. It was large and dark. I retired in 2012, so I was spending all my time home and around the property. This is when all the crazy stuff started happening. In August 2012, I had a daylight UFO sighting through binoculars. It was in the evening after dinner, and I was in my off-roader cruising around the pond. I saw this very large, bright gold, silent V-shaped craft in the sky. It was not a stealth jet or a triangular-shaped craft, but a V-shaped craft. I stopped the vehicle, grabbed my binoculars, and watched it until it went out of sight over the hill. A few days later, I found two barefoot prints down on the pond dam. No human in the right mind would walk in that area barefoot. I could not stop thinking about the UFO and the possible connection. I had thoughts that Sasquatch was a really intelligent being. So about a week later, I would make two wood knocks for five straight evenings just after it turned dark. I would go out on the front porch and swing it two times on the porch post. It echoed really well. There were no replies but be careful what you wish for. That was the beginning for me. A few days later, I heard two knocks from the woods from across the dirt road, then again the next day. That wasn't all that happened. I heard loud, bizarre screaming sounds twice during the day coming from those same woods. I was the only one around during the day because the neighbors worked. To confirm what I heard, my friend's 90-year-old mother, who lived under a mile away, heard the same scream on the same day. My friend is aware of these beings also. He had a sighting on his property and I heard of another sighting about half a mile away as well. I was friendly with one of my other neighbors and he told me his sister was visiting for a week. While sitting on the back porch at night, she heard a very loud knock coming from the woods below the house. The next day I went outside and heard a tree crashing down in the woods. I also told my other neighbor about these beings because he had two young kids and to never let them out and about at night. He snickered a bit, but he knew I was serious and got the message. I also heard strange hoots coming from the woods across from me in the middle of the day. It was not an owl, 
It went on for at least 10 minutes. I knew it had to be the one nice fall evening I was watching TV in my living room with the front windows open. Suddenly I heard very loud speaking coming from the woods across the road. It overpowered the TV sound. It was just garbled speech and I couldn't understand a word. I jumped up and ran out onto the front porch but saw nothing. It was all starting to creep me out, especially because I was living alone. I decided not to have interactions with them. I also had weird things going on in my house. I don't think it was a Sasquatch, I could be wrong, but it was frightening. One morning during the spring of 2013, I noticed two gifts left for me in the front yard. My daughter was also aware of some of the activities. She took a photo of a Sasquatch that was about 100 feet or so from where she was standing. There were so many unexplained things happening around there that I eventually decided to sell the property and move elsewhere. My daughter was also concerned for my safety. I may later go into detail with you about the other activity and things I witnessed. I had embarked on a camping expedition along the picturesque shoreline of Alaska as part of my field work. Although my intention was not hunting, the allure of the untamed wilderness and the serenity it offered drew me to this remote location. As the sun began to set, casting an amber hue across the rugged landscape, I settled into my campsite, ready to embrace the tranquility of the night. Fatigue gradually enveloped me, and I found myself drifting into a deep slumber. The rhythmic lullaby of the waves crashing against the shore served as a soothing backdrop, lulling me further into the realm of dreams. Unbeknownst to me, danger lurked in the darkness, silently awaiting its moment to disrupt the peaceful ambience. In the heart of the night, a sudden eruption shattered the tranquility. A deep, angry grunting sound reverberated through the stillness, tearing me from my sleep-induced bliss. Instinctively, my hand shot out, searching for the comforting familiarity of my bear spray, a vital companion in the untamed wilderness of Alaska. The adrenaline coursing through my veins drowned out the pounding of my heart as I raised my voice, bellowing, Hey bear! Yet, to my dismay, the menacing sound persisted, unyielding and relentless. Time seemed to stretch agonizingly as the grunts resonated with an air of hostility, hanging heavy in the nocturnal air. Dread clutched at my core, and the realization dawned upon me that this could be the end, an encounter with a formidable predator that could shatter the tranquility of this night forever. Just as despair began to tighten its grip, a sudden disruption broke through the tumultuous symphony of grunts. A colossal splash echoed in the darkness, rippling across the surface of the water. The source of the mysterious growls was revealed a sea lion its powerful presence cutting through the veil of fear that had enveloped me. Relief washed over me like a tidal wave, mingled with a tinge of embarrassment at my initial misinterpretation. The sea lion, perhaps startled by my presence or simply expressing its territorial nature, had unwittingly caused my heart to race and my thoughts to plunge into a state of panic. It was a powerful reminder of the untamed beauty and unpredictability of the natural world. As the sea lion's growls dissipated into the night, I was left with a newfound appreciation for the serenity that camping in Alaska offered, tinged with a lingering unease. The memory of that fateful night would forever be etched in my mind, a testament to the raw power and primal instincts that reside in even the most seemingly innocuous creatures of the wild. 
And as I lay there with the echoes of the sea lion's growl fading into the distance, I silently vowed never to underestimate the symphony of nature again. I was turkey hunting fall gobbler, I think if I recall correctly. Anyway, I was walking to my spot in my orange and had just started to tuck it away for non-hunters turkey can see color. So the regulation states that hunters need to wear 250 square inches of orange while moving, but you can take it off and just wear regular camo when you get to your spot. In my MNGMT zone, you just need to put some orange somewhere within 15-ish feet of you to let other hunters know you are in the area and to be vigilant. Anyway, I just finish up stowing my orange away and sit down and start using my call. I eventually hear something coming from a ways away and it's calling back to me another hen. Boy turkey gobble. Girl turkey make a squeaky chucking noise like uick uick. As the sound gets closer I start to think that it sounds too big to be a turkey. Maybe it's a small flock. I go to call again and a shot goes off far to close to me and I shit bricks. I had not seen anyone come in nor had I seen any orange hanging in a tree to signify someone else was hunting there, so I thought I was pretty isolated. Another shot goes off closer and the chucking call starts back up. Now I'm certain of two things. One, there is no turkey they would have scattered if nearby because of the shots. Two, I have an idiot out here trying to stalk me thinking I am a turkey and he's following my calls and shooting blind or seeing me move and assuming I'm a bird. Either way I'm shitting bricks. I decide to yell out, oh but, I'm not a bird quit shooting, and another shot goes off. I'm terrified to so much as wiggle a finger at this point because I can't see this guy, but I know he's shooting in my direction and trigger happy. I'm sitting there hollering that I'm a human and contemplating the idea of moving to grab my orange and wave it to signify to this guy that he's shooting at a person when a third shot goes off and I actually hear the BBS hitting shit near me. I hit the deck and laid flat for like two hours, absolutely shitting myself until I was sure they were gone. For any non-hunters out there, this is a known issue within turkey hunting, because you need to remove your visibility orange, and because you are calling as an attractant, some assholes will attempt to stalk what they think is a turkey, and end up stalking another hunter, and in their idiot fervor, they shoot at the first thing that moves say another hunter itching their nose. A good number of people had died that way and it made me swear off turkey hunting. Long story short, I was walking my dog at night when I saw in the forest, lit up by the orange street lamps, what looked like a deer standing up, but when I looked at its head, I couldn't understand its face as in its head face was sort of shrouded in darkness as if my mind couldn't comprehend what it was seeing. Strange but explainable. Last night, years after that encounter, nothing strange had happened up to now. I was sleeping, my bedroom situated facing the road with my windows open. I am normally a deep sleeper, but I woke up to the loud sound of bird noises. At first I thought nothing of it, simply birds calling in the middle of the night. But over time, I noticed something. It's hard to describe, but it sounded as if about every five seconds or so, there would be a different bird call. And the calls weren't different sounds, as in certain birds make different pitched noises or hoot, etc. Instead, it was the same whistling noise, not like a whistle blowing, but instead like the noise a songbird would sing, 
but in different arrangements for an hour straight. He was very loud, loud enough that I covered my head with two pillows and was still woken. He was just repeating the same 50 different calls or so in the same order. It was as if one type of bird was imitating the different calls it heard over and over in the same order. The noise was about 25 feet away, coming from the thicket next to my house. There was no sound but the calling noise. No crickets chirped, no frogs called. Hell, no cars drove through the neighborhood. I also faintly remember the smell of rotten eggs, but this may have been a trick my panicked mind played on me. Eventually it stopped and I fell back asleep terrified. I had kept my eyes tight shut. I woke up again about 15 minutes later, hearing the sound seemingly further away down the street, but again in the same exact order. Then later through the night, I heard the noise again, either in the same spot as before and louder or right outside my window. I faced away from the window and kept my eyes shut, horrified, but in such a tired state that I simply stayed put, not able to think of anything else. What the F was that? Does anyone have an explanation for this? I know my description may sound strange, but it's hard to put in words. All I know for sure was that it was not natural. This wasn't a bird or crickets or a frog, no. It was something else. Edit. Nah, I was wrong on that last part. After checking out a few links and watching a few videos, I think that it was a mockingbird. I've never heard or seen one before, and it was pretty scary hearing its noises right outside for hours and having absolutely no idea what was making those noises. I'm happy now that I know I can keep a window open overnight. I guess this goes to show that a lot of things on this subreddit have rational explanations to them. It's important that we criticize and try to explain stories here, so that we can find what truly is irrational and try to come to an answer about these things. My property is pretty old. We bought it from an old couple who gave up on it after a tornado destroyed the silos, barns, and a couple sheds. We've spent years fixing it back up, but only one of the barns got rebuilt, the other is still collapsed. The shed is worn down and the door is blown out, which makes it always scary walking by a dark shed with an empty opening. The silo fell over and is next to the shed, which is across from the two barns. All of this was on my walk to a deer stand in furthest field in the back of my property. I was a freshman in college at the time and hunted until it went dark. I left the stand and started quietly walking back. I always had an eerie feeling walking by the torn down barns, but at night it's always way worse. I forgot to mention there's an old well with a concrete slab on top of it, but the concrete siding had a hole. Always gave me the chills. As I was walking by the well and barns with everything super quiet, I all of a sudden jolted my eyes to the fence along the field by the shed. I had heard a chain whipping sound and faint giddy laughter. When I looked up I saw two men in prison gang garments, white and black striped suits, quickly galloping away from me, thank God, alongside the fence. Both were laughing and had chains on their hands and feet. I quickly fell to the ground and loaded my rifle in terror. I looked through my scope where I saw them running alongside last. It was the biggest field on our property so they had another 100 yards to go alongside the fence before they hit the woods, but they were gone. I laid there searching for 10 long minutes before chalking it up to being sleep deprived from the morning hunt. I've never had experienced something so real, but I must have imagined it.
Not hunting, but a wood story that changed my view of the world as a teenager. Up the street from my childhood house was a couple trails. I had a four-wheeler and would ride the trails all day. One day I'm riding and I get this random horrible feeling, so I stop and get off of the ATV and start walking up the trail. Well, some asshole put a piece of fishing line across the trail that would have easily took my head off. I'm guessing the pit feeling in my chest was being watched or I subconsciously noticed the fishing line. I have no idea why I stopped that day and it's baffled me ever since but it honestly changed my life forever. I was walking my dog a black and white pity or retriever mix outside before putting him to bed around 11pm. It's very dark as there is a lot of wooded areas around my apartment complex. I usually walk him about half a mile or so out from the complex to a stop sign and light post at the end of the street which borders on the woods. Usually there is nothing out of the ordinary just woods and the normal animals like squirrels and the occasional deer. Sometimes there's that weird heavy feeling like something is watching you intently. But I mostly ignore it and we cut our walk short and head home since a brief scan of the area shows nothing is there. Tonight there was that heavy watch feeling again, but when I scanned the woods there was something there. A dog with glowing yellow eyes that looked exactly like my dog, down to the heart-shaped white spot on his chest, standing just past the tree line staring directly at us. It looked like it could be his twin, but there was just something off about it that invoked that feeling of run. My dog definitely saw it too and was whining and staring at it hard. Usually my dog is reactive to other large dogs, but he seemed more scared than anything else and wanted to get away, which is very abnormal behavior for him. After seeing it, I fought that run feeling and walked quickly but casually back into the gated area and home without looking back, but listening very hard for anything coming behind or to the sides of us. Instinctively, it felt like the safe thing to do, I don't know why. It seemed like it didn't follow, but who knows. I do know that I will be skipping nighttime walks for a while, that's for sure. Any ideas on what that might have been? Google was not much help. We live in North Georgia at the base of the Appalachians, but I didn't grow up here, so I'm not sure of local folklore for the most part. Appreciate you reading this, and sorry if the format is weird, I'm on mobile. The icy wilderness of Alaska beckoned to us with its unforgiving beauty, a pristine, desolate landscape where only the hardiest of souls dared to venture. We were a group of hunting friends bound not only by our shared love for the hunt, but also by a deep-seated desire to conquer the challenge of hunting in the harshest of conditions. Little did we know that this expedition would push us to the brink of our endurance, pitting us against a supernatural force born of myth and terror. We set out well prepared, our gear and supplies carefully selected to withstand the biting cold of the Alaskan winter. Our rifles were oiled, our senses sharpened, and our spirits high. The snow crunched beneath our boots as we trekked into the heart of the wilderness, the very thought of the hunt fueling our determination. Yet, as the days passed and temperatures plummeted to bone-chilling lows, we soon realized that we were at the mercy of Mother Nature herself. Our supplies dwindled faster than expected, and the merciless cold gnawed at our spirits. It was as if the wilderness itself sought to test our resolve. Then came the first sign that something was amiss. 
It was a frigid night, the stars sparkling like diamonds in the Inkai sky, when we heard it a strange, echoing cry that pierced the stillness of the wilderness. It was a sound like nothing we had ever encountered a mournful, otherworldly wail that sent shivers down our spines. We huddled together, our breath visible in the freezing air, trying to rationalize the source of the eerie sound. But as the nights wore on, the cries persisted, growing louder and more haunting with each passing night. We dared not speak of our growing unease, fearing that acknowledging our fear would give it more power. It was on a particularly dark and moonless night when the terror escalated. We were gathered around our campfire, the flames flickering in the biting cold when it happened. From the shadows emerged a creature unlike anything we had ever seen. It moved with an unnatural grace, its emaciated form and elongated limbs twisted in grotesque ways. Its eyes, devoid of humanity, gleamed with malevolence. A primal fear seized us and we reacted without thinking. Without a word, we abandoned our camp, leaving behind our gear and supplies. We ran deep into the woods, fueled by sheer terror, the echoes of that nightmarish wail still ringing in our ears. We did not sleep a wink that night, our backs pressed against ancient trees, our eyes scanning the darkness for any sign of the creature. Our hearts pounded in our chests, and the bitter cold seeped into our very bones. With the first light of dawn, we made a silent pact to leave that accursed wilderness behind, to abandon our hunt and our supplies, and to retreat to the safety of civilization. We never spoke of our encounter with the Wendigo to anyone, not even to each other. It was a secret too horrifying to put into words, a terror that would forever haunt our dreams. The memory of those echoing cries in the Alaskan wilderness and the malevolent creature that pursued us would stay with us until our dying days a tale of survival, unspeakable fear, and a decision to leave behind the unexplainable horrors that lurked in the frozen depths of the wild. I was on my horse rounding up some lambs in the scrub at the edge of my dad's property. It's hot as hell, and it was a quick job so much have jumped in in thongs flip-flops for the non-Aussies in shorts. I am nearly done when I see one little bugger stuck in a fence, so I ride back to the edge and get down to get it out. As I got off the horse, I flicked up a stick and scratched my leg. I get the lamb out, it runs off to the others, and I go to get back on the horse. I feel a bit shit, but get on and ride back to the sheds where my dad was. I get there, jump off my horse, and look at my leg. Yep. Two bloody marks where I got that stick. By this stage, I am feeling really shit and my leg is burning. I'd tell dad who thinks I am trying to get out of work, but says I better get to the hospital. We go in, I get swabbed, and it's a tiger snake bite. Get the anti-venom, spend a week in hospital and ages on crutches. And just to top it off, while I was in hospital, my boyfriend broke up with me. So recently, I was in my backyard garden in German, and my cat and dog started running towards the fence. You could only hear sticks cracking. However, my pretty tough cat ran inside. You should know he's taking on dogs bigger than him. My dog did the same. But then, I was able to get a better glimpse at that thing. It was a dog-sized creature without any traces of fur, black skin, and kind of glowing orange eyes. Later that night, I stood at my rooftop window and saw the creature running across the street in twilight. Last night, I heard some pretty deep and creepy growls and howls out of the forest. 
I strongly believe it's some kind of cryptid, but I'm not sure. Do you guys know more about such a creature? So this event happened over the weekend while I was home from college for my mom's birthday. On Saturday night, I had a couple beers with my girlfriend who was spending the weekend at our house because my parents are super chill. At about 12.30 p.m., a few minutes after my parents went to bed, I went out to the back porch to grab a couple more beers for myself and my girlfriend who was waiting in the basement where we planned to watch Game of Thrones for a while before going to sleep. I opened the back door and stepped onto the back porch. Immediately the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end and I felt like was being watched from the tree line my back porch overlooks the backyard which leads directly into a thick woods. I thought nothing of it at first because I always feels a little spooked going outside at night, but as I opened the cooler I heard it. In my mind it was unmistakable. The agonizing screams of what sounded like my next door neighbor and her teenage daughter, I won't say their names because reddit creeps. What's even more terrifying is that I swear they were screaming a very specific thing, Sam, help us please Sam, my name. Now I was drunk and already on edge to frankly I turned around without the beers and locked the door behind me as I went back inside. Then I heard my mom's voice calling from upstairs, asking me if I'd heard it. I responded yes and asked if she knew what it was. She didn't have a clear answer, only speculation, but she knew for a fact that our neighbors were both inside their home. I'm not a hunter, but I was hiking in a state park with a friend once about a half mile away from the trail and five miles from the trail start, and we found a woman's blouse, some jeans that were ripped from the zipper to the crotch, and a pair of underwear. It all looked super dirty, like it had been there for a really long time. It really freaked me out, especially because it wasn't the type of clothes you would wear for a couple mile hike. We reported it to the ranger station, and they said they would check it out but I don't know if they ever did. When I got home, I looked for any crimes in that area for the past couple years, but I couldn't find anything. I haven't been in the woods without a group since. 